Howdy and welcome to the 10-Week Bible Study. I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and I can't wait to jump into Revelation 1, 9-16 today. Welcome back to the 10-Week Bible Study. This is week one, day three of our study of Revelation. Would you join me as we pray before we start? Lord, open our eyes and our ears to hear your word and experience and encounter you today. In Jesus' name, amen. With that, let's jump into God's Word. We'll be reading today from the NIV. This is Revelation 1, starting in verse 9. I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus, was on the island of Patmos because of the Word of God and the testimony of Jesus. Let's pause right there. I've got a map again I'm going to show you of the island of Patmos. Here you can see this is in what we call Western Turkey today. The island of Patmos is there on that inset on the right. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see this right now. If you're listening to this, there's an image at the back of the study guidebook and on the website uh, for uh, 10weekbibles.com slash revelation. It's it's there. It's it's an island just out in the, the kind of southwest part or southeast part of the Aegean Sea. This is where John has been relegated to. And here's the backstory. Here's the backstory why John's there. Um, in in the book of John, there's this almost, it almost looks like an addendum to the book of John. Many people think that it was actually added later and possibly even edited by someone other than John himself. But there's this, this encounter where Jesus is talking to Peter and John and, and Jesus essentially predicts that Peter is going to die by crucifixion. Um, and then Peter like looks as he's like, well, that's terrible. It's like, what about John here? And he points at John and, and Jesus is like, what's it to you if I, if I let him live until, you know, I return, like basically like what, what's it to you if he never dies? Um, Jesus is not saying that John will never die. This is a, a heretical teaching that people have espoused through the years that John is somehow still alive to this day. And he's hiding in a cave somewhere in Western Turkey. That's not true. Um, but there is this this thing that Jesus said, "What you know? What's it to you if I let him live until I come back?" And so it's this idea that, like Peter, you're going to die like this, but <clears throat> not so much John. And so from church history, we know that all of the apostles were martyred for their faith in Jesus, except for one, and that's John. But they tried the. Uh, the stories we have from church history, what it looks like happened. John was, uh, and, and a, a little bit more background there too. Remember on the, the cross, Jesus looks at John. He's the only one attending Jesus' crucifixion. And he's there with a couple of the Marys, one of them being Jesus' mother, Mary. And Jesus looks at John and looks at Mary and he says, behold your mother, right? He's like, take care of my mother, Mary. And John takes that on until the day that Mary dies, John lived with Mary, the mother of Jesus, and he, he took care of her the rest of her life. And so at one point, we know from church history that John and Mary end up in the city of Ephesus. Um, and so John kind of becomes the the bishop, the pastor of the church in Ephesus and kind of pastors over this region, which is Western Turkey or the province of Asia and all of these churches that we're going to see here. John's with Mary. Mary passes away at some point. They There's a persecution that breaks out. They decide to martyr John, to kill John by putting him in a vat 
<clears throat> basically dumping, putting him in a big bowl or a cauldron, if you will, and pouring boiling oil over him to <clears throat> sear his flesh off uh, and kill him from the outside in. <clears throat> Just a terrible, terrible way to die. The story goes that they do this. They put John in the, the vat and they pour the boiling oil over him or they, they do the vat and they dip him in um, and he's fine. You know, think about the awkward moment that is, is when you're trying to kill somebody with boiling oil and you pour them in boiling oil and they just kind of sit there and like, uh, what next? John was unscathed, unhurt, untouched by the boiling oil. The Lord protected him. There was absolutely like no pain, no harm came to him. And so there was a, a, a kind of a twofold response as we're told by the Romans at that point of, uh, of, of confusion, right? Uh, but also maybe disbelief, but also fear, terrible, terrible fear. Um, and so they didn't want John continuing to preach the gospel and being effective. And so what they did, and they were afraid to try and kill him again. So what they did is they exiled him to the island of Patmos. It's this rocky, desolate island in the middle of the Aegean Sea. And they're thinking he's just, you know, going to be completely ineffective there. They didn't count on the Lord giving him one of the greatest revelations in all of Scripture. So that's why he's uh, a companion in the suffering, right? He knows what it's like to suffering. He know to suffer. He knows what it's like to to uh, wait in patient endurance, right? He knows all these things, and he and again he's speaking of this kingdom of God, like we're all in this together, right? So he's on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and his testimony of Jesus. Verse ten: On the Lord's day, I was in the spirit. And I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. Uh, pause there. What's the Lord's Day? Nobody actually knows exactly what John means by this. More than likely, he means Sunday, but some people will say, well, it means he was, you know, on a every day is the Lord's Day and it's a particular special day, or maybe it was a feast day because John, remember, he's still Jewish. He is, John is still a Jewish man. And so there's lots of different, thing days this could look like uh, by this point when this is happening um, there was a shift in Christianity where you know the Sabbath for Jews was on Saturday but because of the resurrection of Jesus actually happening on a Sunday Christians began worshiping pretty early on on Sundays instead of Saturdays like the Jewish people did and most people would agree by the time this is written, that has already taken place. So could it be Saturday? Maybe. Could it be Sunday? Maybe. Could it be some other holy day or festival? Maybe. We don't know. He doesn't tell us, but this is a day. Is a day that ends in Y, that he's in the spirit. And again, even that, you know, there's, there's speculation of what he means by that. Was he meditating and the Holy Spirit kind of takes him up, kind of like Peter has this open vision. What exactly does that mean? Again, not terribly clear what he means, but what we do know is he actually heard a loud voice that sounds like a trumpet. Verse 11, which said, write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches, <clears throat> to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And again, I want to show you the map here where we can see if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see this. Again, if you're not watching this, 
go to tenweekbible.com slash revelation or get the revelation study guide. And this image is in the back and we see the seven churches there and they're all kind of clustered there to the, the north and to the east of Ephesus where John had once lived with Mary, the mother of Jesus. All right. So <clears throat> that's who this letter is addressed to. Verse 12, continuing on. I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, and with a golden sash around his chest. (coughs) Excuse me. So, pause right there. We've got some symbolism to look through here, right? We've got seven golden lampstands. Um... And, and someone is among them, and that someone is like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down. He's got a golden sash coming over this these white robes. Now, we're going to find out later in the book of Revelation that the guy that wears a golden sash is going to be Jesus himself. Um, this description of one like a son of man all throughout Scripture, this is almost exclusively used to reference Jesus. And so, this is no big secret who the person is that John is looking at. But what are these seven golden lampstands? Again, this is one of those things where instead of jumping to Google, let's hit pause on that. Let's say um, golden lampstands. (coughs) What does it mean by these golden lampstands? I'm going to keep reading. We're actually going to find out what the golden lampstands are very, very quickly in this chapter. Verse 14, the hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. Now, two things are going on here. John is giving us some symbolism, but the symbolism is not something he's creating. He's telling us the person that he's actually looking at. Whether or not this is for real or some kind of visionary experience, he doesn't really tell us, but he's actually seeing this. Many people and many uh, scholars, and and I try to always say this, when I read through scholarship and things like that, there's, uh, in my opinion, two different types of scholarship. There's the scholars that, that, you know, and theologians that believe in the Bible and they believe in God and the scholars that don't believe in God and don't believe that the Bible has any authoritative, you know, it's, it's no different than reading Greek mythology, mythology to some extent. Um, and it's really an academic pursuit for them. Um, and so m- almost all of the non-believing scholars uh, say that this whole book is written from John's perspective to address a beef that he's got with Rome and all this kind of stuff. And even some Christian scholars have taken this non-Christian approach that, you know, this is John trying to paint a picture for us. Uh, what I read very clearly in scripture here is John is not saying, I'm trying to paint a picture for you saying, I heard a voice that sounded like a trumpet. I turned around. This is what I saw. He's describing to us what he saw, not some mental image that as a, a fiction writer, he's trying to, uh, paint for us. Um, I want us to go through this book together, understanding that the things that John is saying are things that really happened things that that really have meaning and things that he actually saw and he's doing his best to describe them to us. That's an important way to read and interpret the book of Revelation. So, 
his hair was white like wool, as white as snow, right? Uh, the symbolism there, we're not going to get a lot of explanation for that in the book of Revelation, but we know that all throughout the Old Testament, you know, your sin, your scarlet sins being made white, right? And and washed to the where they're white like wool, like his hair is here. Um, that's the, the the symbolism here is that that he is this this pure and spotless one without sin on him. Um, so that's kind of a very clear symbol from the rest of scripture. But his eyes are like blazing fire. That's not so much a symbol from anywhere else in Scripture, but um, this is again one of those that we can see as like this. This this is an intense thing. Like this is not an uncommon statement back then and even now. Is like you've got like eyes of fire. Like there's there's something burning in your eyes. Like we would say of someone who's angry that they have eyes like burning fire, right? And so there is something weighing on Jesus's heart and his eyes are like burning fire. Uh, that's what we're looking at here. Verse 15, his feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. Now, I'm going to say this very clearly. I don't think that John is fabricating this. I don't think he's trying to paint a word picture. I think he's actually seeing this. Right? He turns around and he's like, well, don't don't that beat all, right? I mean, there's a dude who's like, he's got a white robe, his hair is white, his eyes are blazing fire, his feet are made of bronze for some reason, his voice as he's speaking sounds like water that's rushing He's holding seven stars in his hand, and out of his mouth is a sword. I think John is actually seeing this. I think he's actually seeing this with his eyes, because that's exactly the way he's describing it to us. And I think, <coughs> however this is, if like this is some visionary experience, or if, he's, if it's actually appearing before him in real life, this is freaky, right? Anyone seeing a person that looks like this is going to be really freaked out. And John is going to be kind of freaked out by this, but he's doing his best here after the fact to try and write all this down and preserve this for us. This is what I saw, right? This is what I saw. Now, a lot of these symbols, again, we're going to have them explained to us here in just a little bit. Continuing on, his face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. So again, he's giving us all of this very colorful description of Jesus. But again, I don't believe that we are to understand this as John writing some kind of piece of, of fiction of what he would imagine or what uh, assigning symbolism like a fiction writer would to you know, a novel like The Great Gatsby. There's all sorts of, of, of colorful symbols in that book. This is not the same thing. This is not the same kind of work of literature as something like the great American novel where we use symbolism and things like that. This is lots of symbolism, but it's actually what John is, is actually seeing in front of him. And he's going to be just as perplexed as you and I would. But he's also going to be given understanding and revelation to understand what most of this and almost all of it means. So we are going to get a lot of the understanding and revelation of what these symbols mean in our passage that we read tomorrow when we just continue reading Revelation chapter 1. 
That's all we've got for today for the 10-week Bible study. I'm your host, Aaron Hibbs, and I can't wait to see you next time. Well, thanks for joining me today on our study. Would you like and subscribe to wherever you're watching this? It really helps more people find out about our broadcast. And my heart is for more people to fall in love with God and his word. 